Hey, welcome to Finding the Path to Your Purpose, The Entrepreneur's Journey. My name is Caitlin Young and I'm your host. I will be bringing on guests each week to talk to you about their journey to their purpose and how being an entrepreneur that works and uh, you know how they work through their struggles. I'm really excited to bring this to you guys, so stay tuned. Welcome to Finding the Path to Your Purpose, The Entrepreneur's Journey. My name is Caitlin Young, your host, and I'm really excited about this guest we have on. He literally is like the most joyful person I know and uh, is also known as the fitness uh, ninja. He is like just always smiling. It kind of creeps me out sometimes, kind of, (laughs) but super excited to have one of my coaches, Mark Zalmanoff, on here. Mark, thank you for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to uh, run my mouth because I like doing that. I'm pretty sure. I think this is my first uh, podcast interview of 2023. How about that? Even more exciting. Even more. Good times. Good times. So tell us a little bit about what you do. Like, uh, you know, what what do you do day to day? Yeah. So I'll, I'll give you the cliff notes version uh been a health and fitness coach for 20 years now this is year 21 of that endeavor which is crazy to think it's been that long um i also do business coaching for other fitness professionals i also uh do podcasting i have a book i just had a baby a couple of months ago so uh, you ask what i do day to day now i change some diapers and hold baby and play with baby so we got that going for us there you and, go. Uh, just recently, I launched a new initiative that we can definitely talk about called the Joy Code. And I'm excited to do that. You talk about me being a smiley person. Yeah, I'm a pretty smiley person. And and I believe that I have a skill set that I can teach other people how to be happy and have more joy in their life, which you and I know more people need that in their lives more than all the money and the things and the stuff that we all pursue and all that stuff's great. And I love all those things. Uh, But there's a lot of really successful, unhappy people out there. And, and I think I can change that. So that's what I do. I love that. I love that. That segue is kind of like, how did you find your purpose? Like, you know, tell us about your backstory to finding that purpose in you. Yeah. So when I decided that I was going to be a fitness coach, Um, It was because I failed organic chemistry in college. Now, actually, I didn't fail it. Let me let me rephrase that. I was failing it and then I dropped it. So I technically didn't fail it. I never actually got a grade for it, but I didn't have a clue what was going on. Um, I originally set out to be a chiropractor and that didn't pan out. So I changed my major. I was never someone who had those visions of like, oh, when I grow up, I want to be whatever. I don't know. It was just, I I never had anything like that. And it's not that I was disinterested because I was a great student. I made straight A's. I graduated on a roll and all the things, but there was never anything that just really spoke to me. At some point in high school, my dad had gone to see a chiropractor and I kind of started tooling around with that a little bit. I was like, well, that seems like it'd be a pretty cool profession. They seem to all make a bunch of money. I don't know if they do or not, but they seem to like everyone that I know that's a chiropractor makes a bunch of money, Uh, but they also get to help people. So I figured, you know what, let me go do that. So when I failed organic chemistry, uh, I realized that there's more organic chemistry required in chiropractic college than any other science. Now, 
I didn't know that at the time. So when I did my research and found that out, I was like, oh, uh, well, I, I didn't even grasp the concept of it. So it wasn't like I just kind of struggled to figure out like the answers on the test. No, no, I didn't even like in theory, it didn't even make sense to me at the time. Mm -hmm. So I changed my major to kinesiology because I had so many science credits and I had a friend who was a personal trainer at the time. So again, it was really just one of those things of proximity. I knew somebody, I was like, oh, that seems kind of fun, you know, and you always hear those stats of, and I don't know if they're true or not, but like the average adult has seven careers by the time they're whatever, you know, so you know, and I think in the back of my head, it was one of those things where like, well, if this doesn't work out, I'll, I'll figure something out. Mm -hmm. My dad was always a salesman. So he ran his own car lot for the better portion of my teenage years. But I remember him selling homes and pianos and shoes and transmissions and cars. And I just saw him kind of making his own path as I grew up. And again, he never sat me down and, and you know, went through the ABCs, like, here's how you start a business. And here's what an LLC is. Yeah, I didn't know any of that stuff. But I just saw him doing seemingly what he wanted to do. So I had this great example of, I can just do whatever I want, you know, <laughs> you know, which is kind of weird, right? Um, we, we put all this pressure on kids to like, figure out what they want to be when they grow up and pick a career, pick a major. And in hindsight, I look back, I'm like, man, it's such a terrible process that we put people through, especially at that age. You know, you graduate high school, you're 17, 18 years old. It's like, okay, choose what you want to do for the next 60 years of your life and then go get in debt to go do it, <laughs> right? Like it, it, it totally makes no sense. Um, so I, I end up being a personal trainer and I love it. You know, it, it's it's a dynamic career. It's dealing with all kinds of different people, different walks of life, different backgrounds, different socioeconomic statuses. So I just kind of doubled down on that. And within, you know, two or three years, I had a decent career going and there was really nothing drawing me away from that. So I ended up from working at Lifetime Fitness for a handful of years to start my career, which is awesome. It was a great, great avenue for me to learn what not only what personal training was about, but like the the business side of it. Because at the time I had a great department head who he wasn't a manager, he was really a leader. And he taught me a lot about the business side and, and self-development before all of us knew this realm of self-development even existed. <laughs> yeah. You know, we were, we were reading John Maxwell books and stuff like that. So I, I ended up on my own back in 2007 because I'm like, well, I can, I think I can do this on my own. Like everybody else thinks they can, you know, yeah. and, and then proceed to struggle for, I don't know, a decade or so trying to figure out what the hell I was doing. But the whole time, the, the training itself was always fruitful. And I always looked around and in the times that, I struggled or the times that I questioned, like, should I still be doing this? Should I just go get a job? Because most of the people that I worked with back at Lifetime, and we had a staff of about 40 coaches. I, I don't think there's more than five of us still training. Wow. You know, now that's a long time ago. I mean, relatively speaking, it was 17 years ago, but still that's a lot of people that moved on and most of them pretty close to that time, not to this time. You know, if somebody in the fitness industry lasts a decade, you know, they're pretty much committed to doing it for the most part. Yeah. But but what I did is, is those times I struggled, I would look around and go, you know what, like I'm supposed to be in these people's lives for a reason. 
And, and I didn't have to have the answer. I didn't need to know what it was at that time. But whoever was in front of me at that time, whoever the clients were that were still paying me, that still believed in me, that still got results, I was supposed to be there for those people. And that kind of kept me going through the years where I really questioned like whether I should still be doing it or not. Because like most of us, there were financial years that were just tough. You know, you're wondering like, how am I going to pay rent? And how am I going to put food on the table? And how am I going to pay for my kids and all these things? Mm -hmm. And, you know, slowly but surely things got better because I got better. I started working on me. I hired some coaches. And, you know, I know this is kind of like glazing over, you know, years of, of, <laughs> pouring, in, of pouring into myself and self-development. But, you know, when you talk about finding your purpose, it really wasn't until... I don't know, maybe five or six years ago when I, I looked around and went, you know, my purpose is just to leave people better. And at the time, fitness just happened to be the avenue that I was able to do that. You know, fast forward to today. Now I have multiple avenues that I get to do that. But the mission has has only gotten more clearer as the years go on that my purpose is just to leave people better. So, you know, you know, I tell everybody make good choices. That's how I sign off. When people leave my gym, I yell it out the, you know, at the door as they're walking out, they're like, yeah, 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 whatever, you know, <laughs> but, but part of that, you know, it started as a joke, but it stuck because people would come back in and go, you know, like I was going to go eat this thing yesterday. And then I heard your voice in the background going, make good choices. And so I didn't, or, you know, I wasn't going to come in today to work out, but I heard your voice, make good choices. So here I am, you know. And so I started to understand just a little more of, of the positive influence I can have, the impact that I can make. And look, you you do anything for 20 years and you kind of figure some things out along the way, right? Yeah. So it's it's something that I was finally kind of able to just acknowledge what I built, the skill set that I built over the years, and then really lean into that to figure out how can I help more people? And whether it's fitness, nutrition, joy, business, making somebody smile when they scroll through social media, like I don't really care. I've learned to detach myself from whatever that outcome is. You know, you know, our, our friend Dustin always talks about you can't focus on the outcome. You can only focus on the output. Right. Yeah. So all I all I do every day now is I wake up and go, what can I put out into this world and just know that it'll come back to me in some way, shape or form. It doesn't always have to come back through the same avenue, but I know, and I've, I've seen it happen long enough for myself and many other people around me that if we just put that positive energy out there, if we put the intention out there that we want to do this, whatever this is, it comes back to us in some way, shape or form. So, you know, long, long winded answer there. But that's really that that is the story of kind of how I found my purpose. And, and now it's like I said, it's never been clearer. And I just continue to use that as a guide when opportunities come my way or decisions have to be made. I'm like, does this help further that mission? And if it does, then it's a fuck yes. And if it doesn't, then it's a no. And I just move on. Yeah, yeah. No, that was a perfect answer. Like so many people think that you get hit in the head with your purpose, like oh, look, now I know how to live, you know? And so right. really this, like over time, the, the machine kind of being built, the, you know, the strength kind of like doing reps, right? You, you build that strength up and eventually it becomes clear, like you said, over time. And so that was really the answer I was kind of looking for. So <laughs> pass the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But so you talked a little bit about, um, you know, when you are telling people make good choices, things like that. Like, what was it that, um, I, I don't know how to phrase this. Like, what was it that originally brought that up? Like th that originally you were like, uh, you know, I can, like, what was the original, um, not the same moment, but like, what was the mindset that went behind uh, saying make good choices? You said it was kind of a joke, but like, what was it? it? Obviously it was because you heard people saying stuff, but like, what was it that really made that more clear to you? Like, was there like, you know, masterminds or like people talking or what was it that pulled you in that direction is my thing. So years ago, I had a client that actually used to say it to me and the other people. And, and it's weird. It's something that in, I, I see it more in Hispanic family. So I'm half Mexican, um, but my white daddy raised me. So it really doesn't even apply <laughs> to me, but um, it, a lot of Hispanic mothers will say, make good choices to their children as they leave the house. And it, it, what's really interesting to me is that people laugh when I say it, cause I'll, I'll be at somewhere like a store or something. Like we have this, um, this storage place around the corner from us that has a post office in it. So a lot of times we mail things from there. And when I leave, I'll be like, all right, ladies, make your choices. And they kind of giggle. And I, I still don't know why people laugh, but it brings laughter out of people. Right. So I started saying it when people left the gym. And if you think about, we are the culmination of the best decisions that we make. Now that can be a punch in the face for a lot of us, but at some point as a grown ass person, you're in charge of all your own choices. So where you are in life now is a direct result of your choices, right? Mm -hmm. You know, as a kid, even as an early adult, you know, you, you got baggage and you got trauma and you know things can happen to people in their childhood that you kind of bring in with you. But again, once those things are resolved, at some point, you have to stop blaming. It's not anybody's fault anymore. It's your choice to get up and change the things you want to change and lean into the things that you love. When you think about how do we live a better life, well, we need to make better choices. I mean, that really is the key. So when you understand that you have control of that, you know, there's only two things we have control of in this world. It's your thoughts and your actions. That's it. You don't control what anybody else does. You don't control the weather, the president, the gas prices, the economy. You don't control any of that. All you control is what's in between your ears and then what you do with that information. So make good choices is really universally accepted advice if you would like to be better at whatever it is that you want to be, right? Exactly. So as a health and fitness coach, one of the hardest things to do is to get people to change the behavior. It's not like the workout itself can be challenging. I get that. But working out itself is not necessarily challenging. You and I have talked about this before. Like you're out of shape and you need to get moving. We'll go walk. And then the next day, walk a few more steps. And then the next day, walk a little bit more and you need to clean up your nutrition. We'll start drinking some water first and then drink a little more water and then eat a damn vegetable every now and then. <laughs> I got you. Uh, you know, but, but like all those things are just, you know, you can tack one on the other on the other of those healthy habits. But again, it's just making good choices. So, so two things, once I saw people laugh, because I'll say anything and make people laugh. 
but then understanding that people are actually listening and paying attention to him like, ah, oh, we got something here. And even though, you know, obviously I didn't make that phrase up, you know, I don't know, nobody made that phrase up. It's literally, you know, it's, it's a sentence. But as I, as I saw it start to kind of take a life of its own, I started using it on social media. People would tag me, people would hashtag it. People would send me things that set it on it, you know, mugs or shirts or whatever. Hey, I saw this thing, you know, so now I become top of mind when people are thinking of good choices, right? And that's the that's the social media game that we play. You want to be top of mind. I want people to think about me. You know, eventually I want people to pay me to do something. I don't <laughs> care what it is. Uh, legally, legally, I want legal things. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it takes this life of its own. And then I start to write this book. And I... I I compiled the book and my awesome editor, Hillary, you know, she's like, don't worry about the title, get the book done. We'll figure out what the title is afterwards. She goes, oftentimes it's the last piece of the puzzle. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I trust the process. That's why I hire people. So we get done, you know, we get like halfway through the process. And one day I'm just sitting there. I'm like, I'm an idiot. The book is called Make Good Choices. Like I've been saying it for, at that point, it had probably been a couple of years already that I had been saying it and people were associating me with it. And my book is not a health and fitness book. It's a book of, of quotes and mantras and things to help people make better choices. I'm like, oh, well, I'm an idiot. Here we go. We got the book title, right? So now, so now it's a book title and now it's a, a podcast and now I have shirts and hats and all the things, but I just, I really love it. And I still you know, two years ago now, the book was written uh, almost two years and, you know, the movement doesn't slow down and I still am promoting it. I still talk about it. It's still very much a part of who I am and what I do and moving into this joy code thing. It's going to tie in perfectly with what I'm the impact that I'm trying to make in this world. So there was just, there was no reason to slow down, but again, you know, like you said before, it wasn't this big, like aha moment of, Oh, that's it. We got the big million dollar idea. No, it's just, you kind of have to look around sometimes and go, what am I actually doing? Well, you know, we're the worst at giving ourselves credit for the things that we're actually doing. Well, most people are doing decent, at, you know, at the low end, but we just never, we never take that time because we beat ourselves up about, Oh, I didn't do this. And I should have done that. And I missed out on this opportunity and I should have sent an email and I didn't do the post or whatever, instead of going, no, what am I actually doing well? And then just doing more of that thing. Again, it's no different than when someone's trying to get healthy and exercise and lose weight. If things are working, you just keep doing that. And people get so distracted with shiny objects and you know, the latest thing they see over here, or maybe I should do it this way. Well, if it's still working, just do that until it doesn't work anymore. You know, I know you deal with social media strategy. It's the same thing. Like if you're finding something that's getting traction for you on social media, don't stop doing that thing. You can still experiment and try things, but don't stop doing the thing that's actually working for you. Actually. <laughs> oh man, so frustrating. For real though, for real, like I can speak like for my own health and fitness journey, like I overcomplicated it. It's like, oh my God, I have to change my whole life overnight, right? But once I started habit stacking those little steps up, it was like, oh, it's not scary. Okay, we can do this. Yep, yeah, yep. exactly. So you talked about the joy code. What is that? What is the joy code? So I had this idea and it really, it came to me from 
for years, people say, man, you're like the happiest person I know, which I will, I will graciously and gladly take that compliment any day of the week. Cause most people know a whole bunch of miserable people and don't know a whole bunch of happy people. Yep. I used to just pawn it off on, Oh, it's just who I am. You know, it's just, it's just me, which there's some truth to that. Like, I do believe my natural disposition is, is optimistic and pleasant and happy. But one day, I, and again, I don't know why, but one day I started kind of thinking, okay, well, why, why am I like this? Like, why am I so happy, right? So I look back at, at how I was raised, you know, my dad was always a positive influence on me. Uh, my grandmother helped raise me and she was the happiest woman I'd ever seen in my life to this day. You know, I've told her story. She, I've wrote about her in my book, but basically long story short, for the last 15 years of her life, she dealt with three different cancers, two strokes, diabetes, high blood pressure, blah, 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 all the things. And you never would have known because she just walked around with a smile on her face with extreme gratitude that she was still alive. You know, she passed away when she was 88 years old and really those last 15 years, she just every day, just grateful grateful to have another day grateful to interact with people and she was the type of person when you talk to her on the phone you knew she was smiling because you could hear it now that's a happy person so I, I started thinking I'm like wait a minute there's there's a blueprint here to this like there's yes there's some influence but there's very specific things that I do that I was that were mirrored to me that I've adopted over the years and I can teach that I can actually show people how to be more joyful. Now, you know, everybody's level of joy is going to be different because everybody's level of bullshit that they got to deal with is also different, right? <laughs> yep. um, and I'm not saying everybody's got to be this like level 10 utopian level of, of joy and happiness all the time because that's not realistic in this world either. But there's definitely um, a skill set that can be built to craft your own joyful existence. So I had this idea a while ago uh, way, way earlier than a week ago. <laughs> and, and then, um, my wife and I got pregnant. I hired somebody at my gym, you know, the, the focus just shifted. So it kind of got put on the back burner. And as last year kind of came to a close, I'm like, no, this is, it's time now. And, and I, I've learned to just listen to some of those instincts as well. Again, one, one other thing that we don't do well is just trust our instincts enough um, always question your instincts, but but trust them most of the time. So I'm like, well, it's time to go. And you know this, Caitlin, like imperfect action beats inaction every single day of the week. Yeah. I didn't have everything together. I didn't really know exactly what this was going to be. All I knew was that it was time to get it moving. And so I got it moving. And what that meant for me is I have a YouTube channel called Your Joy Coach. So you can go YouTube that. I was going to say Google it, but you have to YouTube it because that's... <laughs> Yeah. aren't they all owned by the same people yeah, yeah you like couldn't it. do either it works um and then i started a facebook group called the joy code eventually that will turn into a book it will turn into a coaching program my intention is to get into the corporate realm and teach the masses the you know employee bases of companies how to have happier employees which leads to employee retention and job satisfaction and less absenteeism and less turnover and all the things that we can quantify that with numbers so people pay for that i know it um, but, but really, again, the bigger impact is I want to leave people better. And I want people to live this joyful existence because I know how I feel. I know how good I feel when I wake up in the morning 
And I know that if more people felt that way when they woke up, that the world would truly be a better place. I've said it for years. Like I can't change the world. You can't change the world, but I can change the world around me and let that permeate out. It's the ripple effect. You know, that's been discussed a, a billion times, but it still holds true. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with the Facebook group, I'm posting every day, I'm sharing tips, I'm sharing things, I'm sharing mindset things. The same thing with the YouTube channels, just quick little videos, you know, shorts, five minutes or less or whatever of things that I know if people just adopt these mindsets and implement even, even just one of those things, it could really change the way that they view the world. Because again, all we can control is what's between our ears here. So we have to change the way that we perceive things and stop waiting for other things to change in order for us to get better in whatever that is. You know, if we all waited for the news to get better, to be more joyful, we'd all be a bunch of sad, sad people. So, you know, we have to take control of those things. And, and I, again, I just, I have these grand plans for this. I see this as, as something that's going to be way bigger than me. And, and, you know, a few years from now, nobody even know who created it because it'll be that big, but it will be this, this wave of joyfulness that just permeates out from everywhere. And, and that's what I want, you know, again, having a baby changes your perspective. I have two older kids, I have a 15 and a 21 year old. So now to bring a baby into this world, I'm like, it's my responsibility, not that it wasn't before, but even more so now it's my responsibility to do whatever I can that's in my power to make this a better world for him to exist in, because he's going to have his own troubles and trials and tribulations that he's got to deal with. But I want to make sure that I can rest easy knowing that I did my part. Exactly, exactly. Dang, I'm really excited to see this grow, to see it expand. It's just such a beautiful, you know, movement that you're creating. Now, if someone is to get in contact with you, where would they go? Um, I know you mentioned the YouTube, but where else can they contact you? Uh, the easiest place is the Facebooks, always. I, that's kind of like my second residence. I think I get mail there. Um, <laughs> just look me up on 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 Facebook. Like my, my profile is public, so you can friend me or follow me or whatever it is now. Um, you know, my podcast is called Make Good Choices. My book is called Make Good Choices. You can find that on the Amazons. Uh, I, you know, I have a pretty unique name. So I'm sure you'll link it somewhere, but I'm, I'm not a hard dude to find. Like my cell phone's been out in public for like 25 years now. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I know, you know, a little bit of this story, but, but for your listeners, I have my cell phone in my book and I, I, there's some call to action in there somewhere. It's like, Hey, text me if you want, like literally just, if you want to text me, shoot me a text. So one day I get a text from, from some random person. Hey, um, I have your book and I want to do a book study with my class. You know, would you mind reaching back out to me? And at first I was like, is this some spam shit? You know, cause we get weird things, mm-hmm. but it's this teacher in New Hampshire that teaches high school students. And she found my book because somebody had bought my book and it was sitting in their place of business. She saw it. She's like, Oh, I tell my kids make good choices at school all the time. So she, she gets the book, she reads through it, she finds my info, she reaches out. She was shocked that I responded to her, which is really funny to me because I'm like, well, why would I put my number in there? If I didn't expect at least one person at some point to reach out to me. And so we had this conversation, we talked. Long story short, she ends up creating a book study in high school, in the high school that she works at with this group of kids. 
because she cares. I mean, that's literally why. So she had to get like she had to get the book approved through the, you know, the principal or superintendent or whatever. And, and we ended up doing a Zoom call with her students after they had finished the book to do some Q&A. And it was just it was really awesome. And it was such a great, a great thing to see come to fruition, because when you do something like a book, I really believe you have to detach yourself from the outcome. Again, we said that before. You have to detach yourself from the outcome and just know that whatever is is going to come of it will come of it. You know, mm-hmm. if it's if it's meant to happen, he'll make it happen. Otherwise, you just it's your job to put it out there and it's his job to do what he wants to with it. So exactly. it was really cool to to have this like Zoom call. I think there were like, I don't know, seven or eight high school students and they asked great questions too. It wasn't like, one of those weird, awkward things where, you know, they didn't know what to say. They really, they came prepared. They had notes, they're taking notes. So it was, it was, like I said, it was just a a really cool moment of my career to see that happen. You know, who would have known that I would have written a book that some kids in New Hampshire would be doing a book study on. And now the teacher's continuing to do it. So she's got a new group of students this year and she's doing the same thing all over again. So it's, you know, it's the gift that keeps on giving. That's awesome. That's such an impactful story. I love that. So well, fun. Thank you for coming on, Mark. I appreciate it so much. Guys, make sure that you click the links below to follow Mark and, um, you know, join the Joy Code group, all the things, and uh, have a wonderful day. Thank you so much and make good choices, y'all. Yes, make good choices. Hey, thank you for listening into my podcast. Finding Path to Your Purpose, The Entrepreneur's Journey. I am super excited that you were able to tune in. And if you liked this podcast or if you found any golden nuggets, make sure to share it with your family and friends on social media. And also make sure you go over and give us a review on iTunes or any platform you listen to. It will help us rank better and get us in front of more viewers and get them some value as well. Again, thank you for listening in and go out there and crush it.